It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. A legislator says four Hong Kong men may have been framed after the Philippines jails them for possessing drugs. A judge decides to be lenient on a man who plotted to blow up his ex-girlfriend's car. And the Chinese ambassador to Canada claims that the arrest of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou is politically motivated. Four Hong Kong men have been jailed for life in the Philippines after being found guilty of possessing drugs. They were detained off Subic Bay in 2016 on what police described as a floating crystal meth laboratory. Leung Shu Fuk, Lo Wing Fai, Chan Kwok Tung and Kwok Kam Wa had denied the charges against them. They were acquitted of manufacturing drugs but were all found guilty of possession for about 500 grams of the drug ice which is found in one of the men's backpacks. Democratic Party lawmaker James Toe, who's been helping them, says they were sub to an unfair trial. They are innocent. I still believe and firmly believe that. We have very concrete evidence. The video clips obtained from one of the TV house who accompanied the law enforcement officer in the first search of the whole vessel found no drugs. And no drugs found in that backpack. It's only upon that the backpack was moved away from their eyesight for several minutes that some law enforcement officer said the sniffer dog found drugs on that backpack. And in Hong Kong's standard, I think there are bound to be reasonable doubt of the case. The District Court has reserved its ruling on nine key figures of the Occupy movement to the 9th of April. They're all accused of public nuisance-related charges over the 79-day street protests. Joanne Wong has the story. All parties have made their final submissions. Before the case was adjourned, the Director of Public Prosecutions, David Leung, said the court shouldn't evaluate the worthiness of the protests, but should base its judgment on facts, including the extent and duration of the protests and the obstruction they caused to the public. But the defense lawyer for legislator Xiu Kachun rebuffed the submission. He said the defendants weren't asking the court to evaluate the political or social merits of their cause, but to note that a reasonable member of the public would be tolerant of the impact of the protests, given the importance of the issues at stake. The other defendants are the three co-founders of the movement, Benny Tai, Chen Kim-man, and Reverend Chu Yu-ming. Legislator Tanya Chan, activists Raphael Wong and Tommy Chang, former student leader Eason Chung, and former lawmaker Li Wing-tat. Civic Party lawmaker Tanya Chan says she's disappointed with yesterday's High Court ruling which upheld the legality of the joint border arrangement with the mainland at the express rail terminus in West Kowloon. The judge said as the arrangement was approved by China's parliament, the NPC Standing Committee, it was in effect an interpretation of the basic law. Ms Chan, the convener of the co-location concern group, says she hopes an appeal will clarify whether this means any ruling from the Standing Committee is binding on Hong Kong. That the courts in Hong Kong haven't really have any direct ruling on the binding effect of MPCSE's decision in Hong Kong. So I think this is a relevant point to go further and to seek a clarification. A 25-year-old man has been jailed for two years and eight months after splashing his ex-girlfriend's car with paint remover, cutting the brake hoses and plotting to blow it up. The High Court was told that the defendant, Si Hon Yu, had foolishly resorted to revenge after the woman he'd been dating for four years dumped him and left him feeling betrayed. 
Mr. C had earlier pleaded guilty to four charges relating to criminal damage, as well as making and possessing explosives with intent to endanger life or property. The judge said these offences could incur a maximum sentence of 20 years, but decided to temper justice with mercy, as she believed the defendant was a nice young man who felt deeply remorseful. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says the Secretary for Justice, Theresa Cheng, should go to LegCo and give a more detailed explanation of why the Department of Justice decided not to prosecute former Chief Executive Siwa Leung over an undeclared $50 million payment when he, he received when he took office. The Department of Justice cited insufficient evidence to pursue any charges. Mr Tong says the public deserved to know more about the controversial case that's been dragging on for so long. I do think that uh, perhaps you should consider accepting the invitation of certain LegCo members and to seize the opportunity to give a, a little bit more explanation to the people of Hong Kong by attending uh, you know, a, a meeting in LegCo and, and deal with this matter in a more open manner. The government has been urged to expand its public transport subsidy scheme, which will start in two weeks' time. Under the plan, which was announced in the Chief Executive's policy address last year, people can claim back 25% of their public transport expenses, up to a cap of $300 a month. The subsidy is based on trips recorded on each commuter's octopus card. Several lawmakers have pointed out that commuters who use red minibuses or are resident and employee services that aren't equipped with octopus card readers could miss out. DAB lawmaker Ann Chang says the government should subsidise the installation of these devices. The government should assist those uh, minibus owners to have the autobus reader. There's approximately um, about 300,000 number of people using the red minibus FD. Police have arrested 12 people who allegedly cheated more than $20 million from victims by making cold calls. Officers say they've smashed several scamming syndicates, some of them operating across the border. Those arrested allegedly pretended to be from banks or lending firms claiming they could provide loans or mortgages at low interest rates. The Chinese ambassador to Canada, Liu Xiaoyi, says that the arrest of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou is a planned political act rather than a simple judicial case. The diplomat made the accusation in an article in the Canadian version of the tabloid The Global Times. He wrote that those who accused Huawei are worried that China is developing too quickly, and so they used state security as an excuse to suppress Chinese technology firms to block the country's development. The European Union has stressed that last month's agreement between Britain and the EU cannot be renegotiated, but it's promised to try to ensure that its most contentious element concerning the Irish border will never have to be implemented. The President of the European Commission, Jean-Claude Juncker, said he wanted to reassure Britain that he was keen to press on with the next stage of talks. I would like to start the negotiations on the future relations immediately after the approval by Westminster and by the European Parliament, not only after the signature, but immediately, because we have to prepare these negotiations. I want to prove to the members of the House that we are taking this seriously on board. However, Mr Juncker also said the EU was intensifying its preparations for the possibility of leaving without a deal. The French Interior Minister has confirmed police have killed the man who attacked a Christmas market in the city of Strasbourg on Tuesday. Christophe Castaner said the suspect, Sheriff Chekhat, was recognised by police on patrol in the Newdorf area of the city. 
At 9pm, three police officers spotted an individual walking along the street. This individual matched the description of the person wanted since Tuesday evening. When they stopped him, he turned around, faced the police officers and shot at them. They immediately retaliated and neutralised the attacker. Mr. Shekhar grew up in Newdorf and had apparently fled there after killing three people in the attack on the market. The U.S. Senate has defied President Trump by passing a resolution calling for an end to military involvement in the Saudi-led operation in Yemen. The Senate also upheld another resolution holding the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman responsible for the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in Istanbul. Republican Senator Bob Corker said the vote underlined American values. This is now unanimously, unanimously, the United States Senate has said that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is responsible for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. That is a strong statement. I think it speaks to the values that we hold dear. A bill to legalise abortion in Ireland has completed its passage through both houses of Parliament. Prime Minister Leo Varadkar called it an historic moment for Irish women. The bill will now be signed into law by the President, Michael Higgins, and will come into effect in January. Here's the BBC's Chris Page in Dublin. Ireland has had some of the most strict abortion laws in Europe, but the referendum in May marked a huge change in social attitudes. By a margin of two to one, voters chose to remove the Eighth Amendment of the country's constitution, which put the right to life of an unborn child on a par with that of a mother. The legislation means that from next month, abortions will be available for any reason until a woman is 12 weeks pregnant. Terminations will also be legal in some circumstances after that stage. Saudi Arabia and Iran have welcomed a truce signed by their Yemeni allies, the government and the Houthi rebels. A Saudi diplomat said the kingdom and its partners, which support the internationally recognised government, strongly supported the agreement to withdraw both sides' troops from the port of Hodeidah to let in humanitarian aid. A foreign ministry spokesman in Iran, which backs the Houthi rebels, called the breakthrough at UN-brokered talks in Sweden promising. The UN Secretary-General, Antonio Guterres, said the agreement was a step forward in a complicated process. This is just the beginning, but at least it's the beginning of a process in which there is a clear will to come to an end result that is peace in Yemen and a future that the Yemeni people deserves. A rocket plane belonging to Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic Space Programme has reached space for the first time before returning safely to the Mojave Desert in California. The test flight lasted for one hour. Sir Richard expressed his joy at the team's achievement. It's been 14 long years. Uh, We all shed tears here. We had thousands of us watching it. Tears of joy because... um, it's been something that you know, everybody out in the Mojave, we've got 800 wonderful engineers been working on it. All these wonderful test pilots who've been putting their lives on the line to uh, test the, this craft. And it was just magnificent to see it go into space today. Sir Richard is in a race with the entrepreneurs Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos to send the first fee-paying passengers into space. The test flight had two pilots on board, as well as a mannequin named Annie as a stand-in passenger. 
Southwest Airlines in the United States says one of its planes had to turn back last weekend because a human heart had been left on board. The organ had been flown to Seattle, where it was to be processed and a valve recovered for future use. But it was never unloaded, and its absence wasn't noticed until the plane was almost halfway to Dallas on the next leg of the journey. And now, with a look at the latest sports news, here's Adam Jern. We start with football's Europa League, where AC Milan failed to qualify for the last 32 after losing their final group match in Greece. Celtic lost at home, but still managed to progress. Here's the BBC's Andy Barwell. The last 11 places in the knockout stage of the season's Europa League have been decided. The big news, though, is that AC Milan are out. They have not made it through. They finished third in Group F, and they lost their latest match 3-1 to Olympiakos, who finished as runners-up to Real Betis. The Scottish champion Celtic are through despite losing two-one attempt to Group B winners RB Salzburg, thanks to Rosenberg's equaliser at RB Leipzig. Bayer Leverkusen were confirmed as Group A winners with an emphatic five-one success over Larnaca. Slavia Prague are through as runners-up from Group C with a two-nil victory at the Group winners St Petersburg. Groups D and E were already resolved. Arsenal made it five wins and one draw from their group games. A one-nil victory tonight over Carabag through Alexandre Lacazette. Chelsea went through as Group L winners, but it was a costly night for them in the two-two draw at Molvidi in Hungary. Striker Alvaro Morata suffered an injury. Bate Borisov joined them in the last 32, following a three-one success over Salonika. Next to rugby, New Zealand's head coach Steve Hansen has announced that he'll be stepping down after eight years in charge following next year's World Cup in Japan. Hansen took over in 2011, having been assistant to predecessor Graham Henry since 2004. The BBC's Chris Jones has more. Hansen's record as New Zealand boss may never be bettered, with a winning ratio of just under 90%. While in 2015 he became the first head coach to lead the All Blacks to a World Cup victory away from home, but he says the time is right for him to move on after Japan next year, when the All Blacks will be looking to cement their legacy with a third World Cup win in a row. Who takes over from Hansen won't be confirmed for a while yet, but there are no shortage of big hitters in contention. However, it's current assistant Ian Foster who's considered the favourite to take one of the most coveted coaching jobs in sport. We finish with NFL football, where the Los Angeles Chargers have clinched a playoff spot in dramatic fashion. They scored a two-point conversion with the final play of the game to beat the Kansas City Chiefs 29 to 28. Philip Rivers found Mike Williams in the end zone twice to complete the fourth-quarter comeback. The Chiefs lost for the first time at home this season. The two teams are now level at 11 and three. They each have two games to decide who wins the AFC West. And as you look at sports, thanks to Adam Chung there. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. A legislator says four Hong Kong men may have been framed after the Philippines jails them for possessing drugs. A judge decides to be lenient on a man who plotted to blow up his ex-girlfriend's car, and the Chinese ambassador to Canada claims the arrest of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou is politically motivated. And that's the latest news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, RTHK Radio Dream. Are these times contagious? 
Nothing with 